Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I, of course, am your hostess with the mostest on the Wedding Dish Podcast, Sarah Alipin. I am also the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And today I am coming in with a solo episode here to talk to you a little bit about the um, Vogue just dropped their predictions for 2024, what's in and out in the wedding industry, and I wanted to talk about it. So um, I'm going to go through this list with you and give you some of my insight into what I see, what I think is accurate, where I disagree, and most importantly, before we get started here, I want to remind you that your wedding is a reflection of your relationship, of you as a couple, of the two of you. And if you like something that's out, it doesn't matter on Vogue's list. It doesn't matter. Do you do the thing that makes you happy? Do the thing that feels right to you? And don't worry what is like in or out or whatever. So um, I just want to kind of release that before we get started because I think sometimes it's really easy to see some of these items and think, but I really like this and I really want to do this. And now it's on the list as being out, or I don't like this and it's in always do the thing that feels right to you. All right. So let's go ahead and start with what's in. Um, So Vogue is predicting that Ceremony Friday and Party Saturday is going to be in. Now, I've actually seen a lot of this and I've seen a lot of like courthouse elopements or private elopements and then um, on Friday and then Saturday is just like the day you put on your wedding dress or your like wedding attire um, or wedding suit, whatever it is that you're wearing, you put on that day and maybe you don't wear the same thing on Friday. Um, and then having, you know, the big party. And actually, we kind of did something like this for my wedding. We did a full like not traditional, but like, you know, what we think of as like a regular timeline for a wedding, like what, you know, you picture kind of, but we only had my, our immediate families there. Um, So, and then we had a garden party, which is what we called it afterward. Um, In my personal experience, now I, I like this. I like this, especially if you're the kind of person who is not comfortable standing up in front of a large group of people, or if your partner is not comfortable standing up in front of a large group of people, all of that kind of stuff. Um, in my personal experience, there were people who were very disappointed that they were not invited to the wedding. Um, it caused a lot of stress and tension in my family in particular. Um, and it also meant that a lot of people did not prioritize attending the party portion, the garden party as we called it, which was like three weeks later or something. But um, if that is the right fit for you, go ahead and do it. We did it anyway, but I think it did definitely cause me a lot of stress and tension and tears. Um, And I know that it was disappointing for some of my family members. And I was disappointed that some of my family members didn't then come to the party part. So um, kind of manage your expectations around it if you go that route um, and make sure that it fits what you want. The next thing they're saying is in 
is I had to check and make sure this wasn't the outlist all of a sudden. Um, is the Dutch Masters inspired florals? So this is um, like fruit and darker arrangements um, that feel like kind of heavy. Um, that you know, think of like the paintings is what that what they're saying here. Um, I don't really have thoughts one way or another on this. I think that's fine if fruit and heavy florals and things feel like the right fit. Um, I kind of still love textures and I love – my personal style is very much – not like matchy-matchy flowers, like on a range – like a wide variety of textures and that kind of thing. So I don't really have opinions surrounding this specifically. I, again, just do the thing that feels good. Um, To go wedding cake slices and desserts. So they're saying in this not only to send the cake home or the dessert and and have a dessert station, um, but they're also saying, you know, that people want to have different types of desserts as opposed to having a wedding cake. So there are kind of two things baked in this um, statement. So I would say if you like cake, have cake. If you are an ice cream bar person, have an ice cream sandwich bar. You know, I whatever you enjoy. But I love the idea of having the ability to take the cake home um, because some people don't get the cake or some people are full or have, you know, depending especially on what you have set out as your actual like meal catering. And if you're doing a meal or heavy apps or whatever the case may be, um, I think go with a dessert that you actually enjoy and want to eat on your wedding day. And then also giving the opportunity to have to-go boxes. I love that idea because a lot of people won't eat dessert that day, but they'll take it back to their house or their hotel room or wherever it is that they're staying and enjoy it that night um, or the next morning. So I love that idea. I think that that also cuts down on food waste and all those things. So um, I I think that's a really cool idea. Um, They are predicting in Vogue that drone shows are going to be in. Now, I'm sure you have by now seen some of the firework alternative drone shows. They were really big for the 4th of July this year, especially in um, cultures that really value tech um, and are like tech-based cultures. There are, of course, um, some environmental benefits to not using fireworks, of course, but um, I don't really see fireworks as being that in. And also, especially, this is very hard for me to get on board with because in D.C., and I am based in D.C., it is so... it's very difficult to legally fly drones anywhere in DC. You can't be within a certain amount of um, space from government buildings, from any of the you know secure locations. You also can't be within any like range of an airport. Um, it gets very tight and very small very quickly here. So I cannot imagine that this would be in just because that's where I am standing in this moment. Um, I guess it, it really does depend on where you're getting married, but I think that this might be something that is a big expense that you could skip, in my personal opinion. I don't think that it's really going to change. Yes, it's going to have some impact, but it could also be one of those things that feels very trendy and then it's just kind of like, wow, I spent thousands of dollars on this and it wasn't worth it 
five years down the road and I could have used that money for something that would have been, um, you know, a really important part of my wedding day or just my life in general, like honeymoon or a vacation or a down payment or whatever the case may be, or just rent, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I just don't think that it needs to be, you know, uh, I think it's, I think it's an expense you could skip. Um, wedding stylists are in. So um, I I can actually see this. I think sometimes people have a lot of trouble figuring out how to dress themselves that feels comfortable, feels good, makes them feel really like special. And, you know, a lot of us don't know what actually looks good on us. So um, having a stylist for your various wedding events and things. I could see that. I actually see this even more so in my experience in um, like the family, like the parents of the couple. So um, because that's a really stressful thing. Like, you know, when you are a parent of someone who's getting married, you are going to be older um, in all likelihood (laughs) because you, you know, had a child at least – 15 years, I mean, at least 12 years before they get married, I would imagine. No, that that doesn't, that math doesn't track. Sorry. But you're at least 12 years older than that person. I'm, you know, even if we're shooting very, very young. Um, average would probably be like 25, depending on when you're actually born. Anyway, I don't need to do all this math. But um, you are going to be older than the people getting married. So probably 50 plus. And I think that it can be very difficult for people who are not used to regularly dressing up to then go into dressing up and feeling confident and feeling comfortable and um, and you know knowing what you feel like is quote unquote appropriate and that kind of thing. So I have seen a lot of wedding stylists for the parents of the couple. Um, I and I think that that's really helpful because you know they feel very confident in photos when that is the case. Um, Digital guest books. Um, I don't really have a preference on this one way or another, but I kind of now want to check in with some of my couples who have done like the audio guest book and that kind of thing. Um, You know, this would also be like having videos and photos from your people on the day. I, I don't think that this is a new trend. This has been, I've been seeing this for I don't know, a couple years now. I think there is value for sure in having something like audio recordings and messages to you from people, especially because they're more likely to talk than to stand and write a really long message to you. Um, So that's kind of an interesting piece. Um, So that could be really fun and a really nice memory. Um, And of course, like you can get the photos from everybody who was there. I'm sure that they'd be happy to send them to you. You're also going to get a really good amount of photos from your photographer, so you'll have those as well. Um, Tonal design palettes. So people are apparently um, recent shades of blue and um, sophistication color. I mean, again, I the thing with color is um, it should look good around – you should look good in the colors that you are choosing and it should really look good in your venue too. Um, it should look good with your skin tone. This is one of those things that I have seen a lot of um, 
this was hard for me actually because my husband and I have very different undertones in our skin and I look good in some colors and he looks good in different colors. So we had to kind of choose colors that worked with our setting and with our, um, you know, us. Because when you're standing next to all of those colors, then you you should look good wearing them. So, and I think that that's kind of that's something that's easy to forget because we're not focused on ourselves when we're looking at the space and picking out those colors and things. But if you look good in that color, then that is going to be one of that's the first thing I would tick off on your list. Um, you should also like that color. It should make you feel good, and it should look really good with your venue. Documentary style photography. Um, so I love this because I am actually a documentary style photographer, and I I love that because that's the reason that I am that style of photographer is because that's the style that I like. Um, that's not to say that you can't still do whatever poses you think are going to you know that you really love. So if you love that under the veil shot of the two of you, great. That's totally fine. And get it. Like, tell your photographer you want that type of photo. Um, but I also really love the documentary style because it tells the story of not only your experience during the day and you two as a couple, but it tells the story of everyone else's experience. So I focus on getting guest reactions during special moments and the special moment itself. So, you know, your family, um, your parents holding hands during the ceremony or exchanging a look and your parents' reaction when they first see you walk down the aisle if that's what you're choosing to do. Um, so I love those things, I think it really put it helps you pull together the story of your day and the story of your relationship with those other people that are attending your wedding and they are there because the, your relationship with them is important. Um, restaurant receptions. Restaurants are great for receptions. I think, again, choose something that feels right to you. Uh, in the D.C. area, sometimes these can be as expensive as not doing it because you have to do a full buyout and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it is it is a space that you can pretty much walk into and not have to do anything to. So that's great. If you love the food and it's a restaurant that you really enjoy going to, it also tells your story to the people that you love, um, which you know I think is really fun as well. And you know that the kitchen can handle that type of volume. So um, you know it's it. There are lots of benefits to it, and for some people, it's not going to be the right fit. Private ceremonies, I kind of hit when we talked on the first one of these, when we talked about party or wedding Friday, party Saturday. Um, you know, you can rewind if you need a refresher. I won't make you listen to it again. Over-the-top guest dress codes. I'm a little torn on this. So in 2023 and honestly 2022 as well, there were like so I, – I don't think the dress codes were over-the-top, but – People really wanted to dress up. People wanted to bring it. Um, everyone, like there were so many sequins, unique outfits, really like beautiful outfits on guests. I mean, it, the past two years, it's just been aesthetically very like fun to photograph guests at weddings because they, they're leaning into um, really dressing up and bringing it for you. And it's been interesting too because a lot of the weddings that I've photographed, the 
the style of the guests is kind of reflective of the couple themselves. So, um, you know, if the if the couple is very like colorful in personality, then you would see a lot of their guests come in a lot of colorful pieces. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think you can, you don't have to necessarily do an over the top dress code, but. I'm not sure that people are through the idea of dressing up and like over the idea of dressing up to the nines for a wedding. Um, And I think part of that is, of course, that we were in lockdown for a long time in 2020 and 2021. We didn't have a lot of weddings. So um, dressing up is there's a different level of fun to it that you've really missed. And you probably had some outfits in your closet that you were really excited to wear to people's weddings. And then the weddings were either postponed or changed to being very different. And you maybe weren't able to be there. So I don't know that we're just going to see, even if you don't have the the over-the-top dress code, like black tie or whatever, I just don't know that people aren't are going to stop like dressing, you know, really enjoying dressing up for weddings. Um, and of course, again, like some of that goes with your venue, some of that goes with who your people are, um, some of that goes with who you are. So choose what you want, choose what you want your pictures to look like, choose what's gonna feel the best for you, and choose what is going to feel good for your guests too. Um, male brooches. So I think this is kind of an interesting one. Um, I've been, we've seen these, of course, for years on um, bouquets and things. So it does seem like something that would be like a cool add to, you know, maybe in lieu of a boutonniere, um, you know, if that feels like the right fit for you. If that feels like a big departure from your style, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Um, meaningful, non-formal menus. I, yes, I mean, I've seen this more and more, you know, family recipes, um, and including it on the menu, something like that. Um, you know, a dish that you just generally like, something that's from your heritage. Um, it doesn't have to be like that traditional, um, type of wedding food. I don't really see traditional type of wedding food, like quote unquote traditional type of wedding food, which would be like maybe filet mignon or something like that. Um, I haven't seen that stuff like really in a long, long time. And that may be a reflection of who I photograph more than the trends um, that my couples are tend to be very intentional about their choices. My gosh, I'm going to have to do a part two episode of this for the second half because I'm not going to get through it, but we're going to keep going until I get to like the halfway point here. Um, so, you know, I, I love this. Anytime that you can really share something that's meaningful to you or something you enjoy with the people that love you and the people that you love, I always think it's a really cool opportunity. And food is such a, a way that we do that in our culture and many cultures. Food can be very much love. And so I love the idea of sharing something that um, that you love with the people you love. Uh, wedding crests. So of course, you know, we've seen a lot of the branding and things that have gone into wedding, like monograms and all that kind of stuff. And now they're saying a crest or an emblem uh, is going to be in in the next year. I don't really have a strong opinion either way, but um, I 
given that they're talking about brooches and you know I this this kind of falls into that same sort of style and aesthetic um, and culture space so I'm kind of interested it, it seems very much like we're leaning a little like I don't know it's not Victorian but Pardon me for not knowing my periods right now off the top of my head, um, but it feels very like European, like old school European um, aesthetic when you're saying like a brooch or a wedding crest. If it feels like you, great. Um, I don't think that this is going to necessarily fit every wedding and, you know, I don't think anything should. So, um, you know, there's that. Negative space. So... Um, allowing like additional breathing room for larger display moments against empty space under a tent or something like that. Um, this is one of the quiet luxury um, aesthetics. I like negative space because it gives it gives people a place to mingle and go to and socialize. And it doesn't have to be on the dance floor and they don't have to feel like they're standing over someone at a table. So it is nice, but you have to you have to do what works with your venue and the footprint of your tables and the reception and all the things. And this isn't going to work for every venue. And you shouldn't have to like spend more money on something just to get quiet luxury. Um, I also don't like love that term. But I think if you have the ability to leave additional space, you know, leave it. Everyone will, people will appreciate being able to be away from speakers so they can have conversations and that kind of thing. And and not to feel like they're standing in the way. That's always a nice thing. Um, champagne towers, we've been seeing this for so long. I can't even imagine that they're calling this a trend for 2024, but they are. Um, I think, you know, these are something that people have done for a really long time. I saw a lot of these in 2023 too. So yeah, I think that's probably accurate, but also probably not a trend just specific to this year. Sustainability. I love this trend. Um, If you have not listened to the episode where we talk about, I'll tag it on this, but the episode where we talk about the, um, the plant-based cups and and drinkware and things and how that actually lets off methane in landfills and it has to be be, um, sent to compost. It's compostable um, drinkware and things. If if it's like that plastic compostable that's plant-based, then um, hopefully you, you can picture what I'm talking about. But the that is actually – I interviewed a chemist about those and she said that it's actually less sustainable because it lets off methane in landfills if it's not taken to a commercial composting facility. So um, I think sustainability – like I, I wish we had more clarity on some of the pieces because I would have never in a million years known that. And I've purchased those as gifts for people before and things thinking I was like doing something nice and good for the earth. And then, you know, it's just not the right – it doesn't work like that. So um, it didn't work the way I thought. So um, I love the idea of being sustainable. I was thinking the other day when I was photographing a wedding, I wish that more um, caterers and venue spaces composted the food waste that they have, especially the ones that are kind of like farm-based or um, or like, you know, 
flower garden based because you could use your compost. That would be great. Um, Who wouldn't love that idea? Um, So I love the idea of being more sustainable. Just uh, listen to that episode. I'll tag it in the comments. I, I was very surprised about that. All right, so I am going to have to do a part two of what's at be out because um, I just don't have time to go through all of this in one episode. And actually, uh, it's not that long. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna go through. Um, you all can hang in with me or mark this and come back. I just, I don't want to make you do a part two so that you can listen to what's out, especially because that feels like it's a negative thing and I don't like to have negative episodes. Um, And again, I'm going to remind you that when you hear what's out, that is Vogue's interpretation of what's out. And you should always go with what feels right to you. I know I'm a broken record saying this, but I don't like when um, people feel like they're supposed to do things or the shouldas or the have tos or those things. And I think weddings are a space where you're constantly bombarded with what you should do or shouldn't do and, um, and you must do and you must not do. And it can just be a lot. And I think for me, that was very stressful when planning. So I'm just going to take a minute here and remind you of that. Um, Vogue is saying that sweetheart tables are out. Now, I've been seeing a couple things happening that are different from sweetheart tables. I've been seeing a lot more heavy hors d'oeuvres and like past hors d'oeuvres as being the dinner. So there's that piece. And then I've been seeing like sweetheart stations, like a, you know, comfy chair, like a nice comfy chair for each of you. I think it really just depends on your venue for this and what you want. If you know you're not going to have any time as just the two of you that day and you really want to take a moment where you get to sit by yourself, do it. Um, you know, have a sweetheart table. If it fits with your venue better, if you can't figure out the dynamics of who you want to sit with or who would want to sit with you or however that works, then do it. Just do what is right for you in this. Like a sweetheart table, this is like you are not going to get very many photos of people at tables like compared to the rest of your entire event. Because no one wants photos of themselves while actively eating. So you're not going to have a lot of like photos of you at the sweetheart table or the venue space where other people are eating. So you have to kind of like think of it like that. It This is one of those things where it really truly I don't care that this is on here because it's like whatever, do what works in your venue and makes the most sense for the two of you. Um, farewell brunches. Now, I think this is interesting. I think, you know, there are a lot of places where you can cut back, um, but there is definitely some level of value in giving people an opportunity to meet up afterward because sometimes people kind of, they feel like they want to leave early. And this really depends on your people, like get an idea of who your people are. But if you if people are going to leave early and then you know they're not big drinkers and and whatever and then they are going to want a place to get together the next day then that do the brunch like why not um <laughs> i think get a grasp of who your people are but you can also give like the 
opportunity. I've had a lot of my couples inviting people over to their house the next day um, or, you know, meeting up to watch football or whatever the case may be. It doesn't have to be something that you're footing the bill for or it's formal and it's sit down or anything like that. It can just be a casual space to bring people together. Um, I was a little surprised by this one because I've been seeing this a lot more forecasted as being a thing that's coming in. But bows. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I've been seeing them used on glassware. I've been seeing them used on place settings as like the style for 2024. And I haven't really been seeing them a lot in like my weddings in the last two years. So I don't know. I'm a little surprised that this is on the out list for Vogue, but um, I, if you like bows, use them. Like, who cares? Just use them if you like them. I'm not a big bow person. I'm not. Um, I mean, I'm sitting here in a sweatshirt. I'm not. I'm a very casual person, so I don't really identify with them anyway. But if you do, you should have them. Um, large wedding parties, and I'm going to point out here that <laughs> Vogue said bridal parties. But I, as a person who realizes that not every female identifies as a bride and not every couple has a bride in there, I just it it's very hard for me to use that. It's, it's very gendered and I I just don't, you know, so I'm gonna say large wedding parties. Um I've seen both sides of this in my weddings in the last year. Um I think it just depends on what feels right for you. So have the people that you want to stand up there with you. One thing I'm seeing a lot more of is that um, they do not have to be gendered, the wedding parties. So like meaning if you are a female identifying person, you don't have to have all females identifying people standing up with you. Um. I, I've seen that. I've also seen where you don't have to have the same number because when I got married, which was in 2012, people were very pressed to tell me that we both needed to have the same number of people in our wedding parties. And that was really hard for me to like f- understand why that would be a thing. And I understand symmetry and all of that stuff, but I just it didn't feel like it needed to be like that. So um, I'm seeing more often that people are having different numbers on each side. And I think that that's fine. I think it should be the people you want to stand up there with you. Traditional cake cuttings. Um, I have actually been seeing a a move away from this, but I think, again, this really depends on how you want to celebrate. If you want the DJ to say, all right, so-and-so is going to cut the cake um, and then have everyone come up and watch you cut the cake, great, do it. But if you are the kind of person who just like wants to quietly cut the cake and not make a big deal out of it and whoever is over there is over there. You get pictures of it anyway because your photographer has a timeline. That's fine. Do whatever feels right, Um, especially if you're not the kind of person who really wants like like a ton of attention on you or if your partner doesn't. This is another way that you can kind of cut down on some of that focused on you time and still allow the event to flow um, and and not to feel like you missed out. Um, the white and green color palette is apparently going out. Um, we're going to be seeing more bold colors. 
I have admittedly been seeing more bold colors in the last year, I think. Um, even though I've been seeing jewel tones, there are a lot more like bold colors folded into the jewel tones. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could see that. Um, but if you like the white and green palette, do it. Um, yeah, I think you don't – I. <laughs> You know, if that's what looks good with on your skin tone and things, I think you should choose what works for you, what you like and what you want to look at and what you want in your photos. Formal departures. Now, what this is going to look like is that sparkler exit or that firework exit or something like that. Now, the reason that I think that these are going out, and if you want to do it, you should definitely do it. Now, the reason that I've been seeing them uh, with less frequency is that you have to pay your photographer to stay until the end or your end or your videographer. And it can it can mean that if you have like three, four hours of dancing, then you probably aren't going to want that many photos of dancing. And technically, like I always tell my couples that they can release me 45 minutes after the last big event, which could be their cake cutting. It could be um, a coordinated song or something like that. Whatever it is, um, that's generally like, you know, because usually you roll into dancing after that. And it, I customize it based on the couple. But you do not really need more than 45 minutes of dancing unless there's something going on because it tends to be the same people on the dance floor. It tends to look a little bit drunk in photos after a certain point if you have big drinkers. Um, and, you know, it just depends. Like if your people aren't big dancers, then it's just kind of you're basically paying for a lot of photography and videography time that you may not need. Now, if the formal departure is something that you really enjoy, appreciate, and want to do, then by all means do it. You also do have the opportunity, depending on what your venue looks like, who your people are, um, you can actually either do that into the reception if you're trying to cut back on the um, photography and videographer time. And the other option is you can have like a faux line, um, but the the thing I will caution you about, depending on what the venue is and who your people are, if you have like the faux exit before the photographer and videographer leave for the night, then you do run the risk of people leaving. So if you know that your people are going to be like early, you know, but your DJ can communicate that to them, just kind of like factor in if you think that people are going to bail on your wedding and you want them to be there. Um, we are almost through this list. Oh my gosh, this has been it's so much longer than I realized. And I did not read it first because I didn't want to like come in having my talking points. I wanted to be able to share my authentic reactions to this. Um, so if you don't care about a formal departure, I like a sparkler exit or grand exit or whatever, I would probably skip it just because it is going to be a much bigger expense. But that's just me. Um, I think, again, you should do what you want to do, get the photos you want to get. All of these things that go out eventually come back in. So like when you say timeless for photos or something like that, like Stuff's going to come in and out, so get what you want. Um, and this one actually surprises me because I've been seeing this for so long. I cannot even remember when I saw this start. 2017? 2018? 
Um, I don't know. But the final one is matching. Again, I hate this. They say bridesmaids dresses. I'm going to say wedding attire. Matching wedding attire. So what that looks like, yeah, like my husband was in um, our friend's wedding in Jamaica in, God, it must be 2015 or 2016, 2016. And they all had different suits. The guys all wore different suits and they actually lined them up based on what their suit was on that day. So it does, you know, might be a little bit more coordination if you do that. But um, if you don't know what people are wearing, you may have to think about it like that. But they, you know, this has been, wedding attire does not have to match. I think it, it actually looks better when it doesn't because people can choose what looks good on their bodies. So, um, and people can dress to represent who they actually are because, you know, I, like not every person that presents as being a female is going to want to be in a dress. Um, and I've seen some like amazing outfits that are not are just non-traditional in non-traditional in quotes um in general outfits. So I think that looks really fun. I love the idea of being able to choose what looks good on your body um, and choose something that like feels right. I think this has been in for such a long time though and I don't know why they're forecasting this. Like it's a um it just surprises me that this is like a they're kind of calling it like a new trend because I have been seeing this for so long. Um, I mean, almost 10 years now, eight years I've been seeing this. So I don't know, whatever. If Vogue wants to feel good about that, that's cool. They, <laughs> But also, if you want everyone to match, do it. Like, it's totally fine. It should be what you want. I cannot stress that enough. I guess that's the underlying message that I have for you about this entire episode. Yes, it's nice to see some of these things, but you should always do the thing that feels right for you as a couple, as a person, as people, as the people who care about the love, the people you love, you know, all of the things. Like your wedding should be a celebration of you and don't worry what Vogue has to say about it. Um, I, you know, do, do the thing that makes you happy. All right. Well, this was fun. I hope you enjoyed this. I am interested to see what actually does come through in weddings this year. Uh, I have my first wedding in like less than 20 days of the season. So I'm excited to see what 2024 brings. And I think it's going to be a blast. I My couples I'm seeing have so are really planning with so much intention and really like leaning into showcasing who they are as a couple and sharing the things that are the most important to them. And I love that. That I think that should be the thing that we all do. And I highly encourage you to do the things that make you happy, to focus on the things that feel like you and to share little like pieces of your personality and and think like who you are as a couple and and the relationship that you have with the people that you love through your wedding. Use this as a space to really show your love for each other and show your love for the people who are coming together on your wedding day. Um, And as always, do you feel good? Be happy. 
Um, we are all out of Vogue things. So I'm going to say uh, you can find us on Instagram over at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And you can um, visit our website, theweddingdishpodcast.com to get show notes. I will link out to this if you would like to check it out for yourself. And they do have some example photos in this article. Um, you can also apply to be a guest. I would love to share your wedding story. Give me uh, Go ahead and, and hit our website and you can find that there. Um, and don't forget to tune in this week. I did take a little bit of a break um, from recording for a couple weeks. I was so slammed with fall weddings, and then we rolled right into the holidays. And I am still, I still have two weddings that I'm editing right now as I record this. So um, I needed a little bit of time, but I am very excited to be back. And we have some really cool episodes coming up the rest of this season where we're talking about things like managing anxiety through movement. Um, we're talking about cool traditions and funny mishaps at weddings. We're talking about um, incorporating your family into your wedding day. We're talking about navigating grief um, surrounding your wedding, which may look like grief of letting go of your single life. Um, It could also look like grief of having lost a loved one. Um, So with that, give us a follow, rate, and review. I am very excited to see you all again soon. And until we meet again, Cheers!